Hello, and welcome back to the Product Launch Podcast. As always, I'm the host, Sean Boyce. I would like to welcome my guest today, Aki Balog. Aki is the co-founder and CEO of Market Muse. Market Muse uses AI to optimize content for organic search. Their SaaS platform is in use currently by over 200 enterprises and over 10,000 users. Hello, Aki, how are you? And thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited to talk more about marketing views, but kind of before we get into it, if you could give us a little bit more information and uh, that we can uh, learn from you with regard to your background. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, as you mentioned, Market Muse uses AI to optimize content, basically helps you figure out what articles you should write and what existing articles you should optimize to become a topical authority. So if, you know, you're a insurance company how do you, you know, how do you build a content base so that when people search for insurance related questions, you know, in similar areas where you have products and services, you come up on search. So think about it like creating a Wikipedia for your company. And basically there are tens of thousands of content strategists whose job it is to essentially analyze their, their sites, look at what topics, where do they have content, where do they have strength, and basically build editorial calendars and then to you know, plan and write the content. And all of that is very manual. And so our AI platform accelerates that. Uh, but to answer your question, how I got here, um, basically I started my career building or designing decision support systems. Um, I worked at a, a company called Diamond. It was a technology strategy consulting firm, about 650 people. So right out of college, uh, I, I helped pilot their data and analytics practice, which we built at the time back in 07. Uh, we built that to compete with McKinsey's analytic practice and, and some other you know, similar consulting firms. And uh, we were a small group back then. Over the years, it's been since acquired by PwC. It's now over 500 people building you know, AI, machine learning kind of models. But, but back then, essentially, we were helping financial services companies. And uh, I, I specifically worked in the insurance vertical, which is why I just use an insurance example. But uh, you know, it really can work for pretty much any vertical. But, but essentially, we would analyze the data that these companies had and use the data to provide better intelligence and help drive better business decisions. And so I did five projects in two years, and I just fell in love with the idea of using analytics to drive better decisioning. And um, after I left consulting, I just didn't want to travel anymore, and I wanted to do more something more closer to tech and finance. I went to a, a venture fund, OpenView Venture Partners, where I was the first associate looking at investments in big data and machine learning companies. And then uh, the founder of OpenView kind of pulled me aside and said, hey, I feel like you should build a company or start or join somebody else's and join somebody else's for two years, got my, my legs under me a little bit. And then I started market muse to basically b bring that same kind of decision support system capability to content. Uh, and I did that because um, I think content is just really important. It's, it's similar to education in that when you read content, you're learning about a topic, you're informing, you're becoming a more informed consumer versus ads or push marketing or outbound, you know, you're really getting engaged and you're learning. And so I wanted to help sort of that learning process. 
and and so that led me to what eventually became Market Muse. So it was a bit of a convoluted journey, but um, but it was you know was worth it. And I think we still have a lot of work to do in bringing more information to kind of you know publishing and and the internet. But so there's there's a lot of you know white space still. It's a very exciting background, and I. I love the concept of the product and the way it works. I've, I've been getting more active in investing in content myself, so more relevant now than ever, but it's really interesting and I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about the problem space. Uh, obviously, your background, your expertise, and the path that you traveled helped you figure out, right, as you learn about the different technologies and tools that are out there and understand different problem spaces, combining those together to ultimately create Market Muse. And I'd love to hear you talk more about the problem space, how you laser focused in on this, and how you saw the tech in terms of like AI as being an opportunity to provide a solution to that problems uh, to that problem or that particular problem space? Yeah, absolutely. You know, if I mean to be completely transparent, I've been learning about the problem space on the job because I did not come from the SEO and kind of content world. Uh, my co-founder Jeff did, so he had been optimizing content for SEO for twelve plus years built a large team at a company called Tech Target, had over 30 people doing editorial and content optimization through data. Uh, so he, he really understood the existing way to do it. Um, what I added to the mix was basically the interest in AI. So I really, from, from day one, I just wanted to use AI to help process this, this problem. Um, essentially, my insight was, hey, you know, content writing is really hard. But at the same time, there are billions of articles on the web. Why don't we just analyze all the articles on the web and use that to inform writing? And so I wasn't the first person with the idea. Of course, Google had been doing that for some time. Um, but Google basically built that into their infrastructure. And they were pretty much the only company that did that. There, the, IBM did some of it. Microsoft did some of it. But there wasn't really anyone that specifically did this for content creators. Uh, later I learned there's maybe one, two companies kind of building it internally because their content teams are so large, like the one where Jeff ran, but essentially most companies, almost all companies, you know, needed this capability and nobody had really built it because it's really hard. Uh, there's an, a company called search metrics that tried to build it years ago, but it was just too challenging and it was just a little too different from their core SEO capability. Uh, that, um, that, you know, there was some white space there. And so I, basically my strength, I think, was I approached it with fresh eyes. So just given the interest in automation and AI, I didn't have some of those kind of preconceived notions. And maybe that made me, you know, uh, not smart enough <laughs> to, to try doing that. If I would have been smarter, maybe I wouldn't have tried it. I don't know, you know, but luckily I was so uninformed that I was able to try building the product. And after literally years of building an AI engine, because once you start building an AI engine, you know, it's, you're building a rocket ship, even if it's a small rocket ship, it's a pretty big endeavor. Uh, so after, after a couple of years of just doing it, we started to learn into the problem space. But, but to answer your question, there are basically multiple problems. Um, one problem is if you don't have content. So a lot of small companies have very little or no content. The first step is just writing some content. So the first, you know, 10, 20 things you might want to write about, would, you, you could just do that off the top of your head. You know, what are my core products? What are the core markets? What solutions do I provide? You know, on a very small scale, you could do it by hand. 
um, we can still help because we have products where given a topic, we can build you outlines that show you how to write more effectively to cover that topic. But, but the, the relative need is sort of low when you're just starting out. Um, then as you start to scale a, a sales and a marketing team, you eventually get to the point where you need to write content for sales collateral, for you know, top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, not just bottom of the funnel, but you basically need to just, in order to get efficiencies, you need to write maybe a resource center or, or a library or an academy or a blog or, or what have you, but you need to write a collection of content in order to come up in Google to drive that organic inbound. Um, not every company needs that. Um, if you're in fashion, let's say you rarely need it. If you do images, video, in, you know, in, in social, uh, a lot of paid, a lot of outbound, you, you know, you might not need it. But, but the reality is the, most, most, the majority of companies today actually need to write that content base. It's a big undertaking, but you actually need to do it because it differentiates you. It's more efficient, significantly more, multiples more efficient than outbound or paid, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it, you get, if you get to a point where, gosh, I really need to build a collection of content, then the next question is, okay, well, what topics could I be an authority for? And that takes quite some time. And, and, and basically from there on, it's a journey. So as soon as you have one content marketer or editor or content strategist, you know, we can start to automate that through the research through our platform. And so we can serve companies as small as, you know, one content person up to hundreds of content people at a large kind of editor, editorial or publishing company. And so all along the way, you know, uh, there are different problems. Um, you had asked about the problem space, so I wanted to be specific. Um, you might be in a competitive space. So you might be in a market where, you know, think of the search, searches for credit cards. You know, you've got Bank of America and Wells Fargo bidding up traffic and, and writing a lot of content with high authority domains. You might be in that kind of space. So you might have to really focus on your specific niche and differentiate in, in and really articulate what your product is, the way in which your product is differentiated against, you know, a larger company's offering. So you might be in that scenario. Um, you might be in a situation where um, you just, you need to pump out a lot of content just to stay above the noise. And so how do, how do you do that efficiently, effectively, um, you know, and, and, and obviously you can't just throw humans at it because the cost, you know, is significant and content's pretty expensive. So you might be in, in that situation. Um, you might be in a situation where there are one or multiple very large authorities, you know, in, in the space. So if you're, you know, if you're in the healthcare space, you're going to come up against Healthline and how do you, you know, how do you cut through Healthline's content or how do you kind of, uh, you know, how do you, how do you compete? Um, another challenge that startups often find themselves is you might be in a completely new space, you know, you've coined a term and there's basically nobody in that specific cross section. So when you do your keyword research, you just don't see a lot of volume that suggests that you probably want to take that term or, or terms that you're trying to coin and connect it to another term that's already quite popular or well-known and then have kind of bridge content to explain how what you do is similar but different from that mainstream term. Uh, so those are, you know, those are some, of, and there's probably a lot more strategies uh, or, or different ways of doing it, but those are some of the kind of common problems that, that we solve. 
That is an, an, an awesome list. It sounds like this whole is actually fairly flexible too, in terms of like oftentimes when building product companies, there'll be what we ultimately set out to do. And then there's getting it in people's hands and learning about how they use it. So I'm curious to learn more from you as well there too, in terms of as you've had more people interacting with Market Muse, learning about kind of the use cases they've come up with. So you mentioned a few of them. The use cases that you described there, how did you learn about all of those applications of the technology? Was something that you designed into the value proposition for the product? Or are these things that you ultimately learned by building it, selling it, learning about how people were actually using it? You know, it, it's a mix of both. Um, some of them were just our understanding of the space just from, you know, looking at other companies or just, you know, conversations with customers and, uh, or, or sorry, from, from conversation from previous, having done it by hand previously at other, other companies, there was some, you know, some element of that. And some of it were just, when we talked to customer, they asked us things that we didn't offhand know exactly how to answer. But as we work through the problems by hand, you know, ourselves, we figured out. So it is a lot of accumulated kind of knowledge uh, over the years. And there's no, uh, unfortunately, I don't think there's a shortcut to that, um, you know, other than, you know, of course, if you've been working on the same problem for years and years, you know, you get some efficiencies to that. But but I will say, you know, overall, um, mostly it's been looking at the data that comes from the market. You know, we all have hypotheses and, and you have to, you, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you run essentially experiments and have hypotheses and either, you know, refute or, or, or confirm them. Um, but it's kind of like when you're a pilot, you know, pilots say, I've never been a pilot, but I've, you know, I've heard that pilots say, you want to trust your instrumentation. Don't trust your judgment. Don't trust what you, your assumptions, your assumptions could be wrong. Trust the instrumentation, trust what the data is actually saying. And so you kind of follow the thread. Um, in our case, um, it was, I mean, to be very transparent, it was a challenging journey because our market is actually so vast. You know, there are, so, there are over 100,000 companies, a lot of small companies, big companies, brands, e-commerce agencies, publisher, professional publishers, you know, content sites, you know, investment, financial investors who buy or sell content site. You know, there's just so many kind of channel partners. It, it was a very uh, large kind of space for us to wrap our heads around. And the reality is we ended up over the years just building products for all of those formats. So if you're very small, we even have a free version. So we have over 10,000, soon over 10,000 people using our free, uh, our, our free edition. And it's great. Uh, we have large publishers, large e-coms, you know, large brands. Uh, so it, it really was a learning opportunity. Uh, but, but all the, you know, by and large, it was always just, if we can do something by hand once, twice, by the time you do it five or 10 times, you start to understand it. And then you start to get to the point where you can explain it in plain English to, you know, your mom or your, or your grandparent even better. And once you can do that or your uncle or whatnot, once you can do that, it's even better. And so one thing that I try to advise even people who join the company is just find somebody in your family or friends who does content for a living and just, just follow their journey and you will have, you know, explain the new products to them. If you can explain it, you, we've gotten to the point where we truly understand it. 
and you're going to care because you want your friend or family member to be successful. And so just seeing the real world application inside your customer base, but also in your personal network is just pretty, it's pretty cool. And honestly, just keeps, uh, keeps a lot of that energy up over the years while you're figuring out, figuring out all the other stuff. That's great advice, especially when it comes to testing the value proposition and getting that down. You mentioned kind of the blue ocean and a lot of opportunity for what you can what you can do with the product and where you can take it, which I imagine there's some pros and cons to that as well too. It's great because there's so much opportunity, but the challenges are so much opportunity. So figuring out like your corner or where to start and then how to build momentum from there is always a challenge. So I'd be I'd be curious to learn more from you because and I talk about this with. Uh, people that come on the show and other people I work with as well too, in terms of measuring the effectiveness of your product and how you describe it to your customer, right? So talking about it in terms of like case study and ROI and you know how it's going to move the needle for them. So I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about this as well too for Market Muse in terms of what has the product been able to do for your user, for your customer? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we just as context, we've been able to raise over 10 million in VC funding just, you know, just in the last two and a half years, because our product actually is extremely effective, both at improving the, the, the effectiveness of the content on search. So, you know, improvements in rankings leading to improvements in traffic and not just general traffic, but more relevance in your traffic, which will build more pipeline and revenue. So that's one side. And also when you use machines to do your research instead of humans, um, it speeds you up a lot. So you get a typical like a two X to three X kind of productivity boost, but that's, but, but I'll talk to how we derive those, but you know, for us, um, you know, the, the effectiveness of the product and our customers just basically saying, Hey, you know, being able to say, hey, we saw tremendous gains with Market Muse, even very early on, that really helped because at the end of the day, you know, one of our investors told me there's two types of startups. One of them, you know, works and the other one doesn't. And so, you know, at the end of the day, if you know, your product has to actually deliver value and, you know, it's, it's kind of cheeky for me to say that and kind of laughingly because the reality is when you're a product creator, you've been working for years and you're not quite sure until, you know, two, three years in whether your product drives ROI and what kind of ROI. You just have an intuitive feeling, but you don't have the data until quite some time in. So that's part of the gamble of being an entrepreneur. Luckily, we rolled the die and it came up a lucky number and, 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 and what we do actually, you know, made a difference. But then, you know, then we get early on, we got to the question of, well, how do we talk about that? Well, intuitively, it makes sense that, you know, a human can read a couple of articles and put together an outline, but a machine could read 100,000 articles in a few seconds and put together a better outline. That kind of makes sense intuitively. So that's our first kind of selling point is the AI, having an AI implementation is just a, a stepwise, you know, order of magnitude better than a human. Now the question then is, well, how much better? And, and that is tricky because for example, what's the ROI of having a car versus walking everywhere? Well, you get there faster, but you can also do things that you couldn't normally do. You can you know, visit more family members in other cities. You can go to the grocery store and like pack up your trunk with groceries. You know, so it is a different uh, you know, type of value that it's a nonlinear you know, return. And if you're a large publisher and now you have your existing editorial and writing team, you know, multiplied by, 
you know, tens of thousands of articles read by the machine for every single writer interaction, you know, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's kind of an exponential thing. Um, so, 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 so that was interesting. So what we then had to figure out is basically how do we kind of estimate it looking across our customer base and we started getting quotes from our customers and case studies and, you know, every time a customer would give us some results from their particular optimization, we just write it down and we'd collect it. And then after a while we started publishing them as case studies. And then we kind of saw a pattern. We kind of came up with the idea that it's a two to six X lift in traffic on average across our customer base. And it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to say that because our ROI depends significantly depends on the quality of implementation by our user. So the, you know, the extent to which they can drive better editorial decisions, the quality of the content they ultimately publish, all of that kind of factors in. So those things are downstream from us, but we saw companies that had frankly less than two X gain and, and we would really work with them on adoption. And then we saw a customer that got a hundred X gain on, on a pretty large site. Um, so, you know, we had that range, but we thought, you know, two X to, you know, one and a half X to hundred X didn't sound catchy. So two to six X kind of sounded like it makes sense. And, and we saw a lot of our customers see two to three X gains pretty quickly. Plus the automation, the productivity improvement is at least two X. So we thought, okay, well, two to six sounds like it, sounds like something reasonable that people would accept and we could actually show, uh, you know, relatively in, in a reasonable amount of time. The reality is that, you know, we limited our, and I mean, this is just kind of, you know, inside baseball, but we limited our outlines to show you 50 results for a topic, but the engine actually generates hundreds or thousands of results for a topic. It's just that our human brains can't comprehend it. You know, if I tell you a thousand things that are topically relevant to the thing you're writing and you're writing about multiple things, your, your, your brain just can't process that kind of multidimensionality. So we had to put it into like a human context where it was understandable, kind of checks the box. The content strategist can make that pitch to their CFO, get the budget, try it out. And then once you start to see gains, it just starts paying for itself anyway. So it's just kind of like, how do we simplify this pretty awesome thing that our brains can't understand in a way that, you know, budget holders can easily just understand. And, 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 and that's how we kind of created, we essentially created the category, you know, that we're in. It's an excellent point that you mentioned with regard to telling that story in terms of ROI and the value of the product, the successful case studies. Sometimes it's tangible. Sometimes it's a little bit more intangible. So, it doesn't mean that the value isn't there. It's about how you articulate the value that you do have and that they are getting from it. Part of that is the tangible component, but part of it is the intangible component. Uh, so that's an excellent distinction there, but a lot of great information as told uh, by yourself for what the value add has been. And I agree, two to six X is uh, amazing, honestly. I'd be, I know a lot of people out there would be very happy <laughs> if they could level up to that extent. That's very impressive. Um, and it, it Catchy as well, too. So well played. Uh, awesome. Well, I can't thank you enough, Aki, for being here and, and describing your knowledge and, and sharing your information with myself and our audience. I have two questions for you before we wrap up. Uh, yeah. The first one is, are there any resources that you would share with myself or the audience uh, in and around this topic, perhaps uh, specifically related to Market Muse, where they could go to learn more 
or just more in general about anybody who else, anybody else out there who's building their own product businesses? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, luckily, over, after we received funding, we were able to, uh, to hire a full-time content strategist. So he's written over 200 articles. It's all on our blog. We have an academy. We have all this kind of training stuff that you, we have a content strategy crash course that our product lead, Jasmine, put together. It's great. So there's a lot of, you know, if you're in a space or if your company could use a kind of leveling up of content, we have a lot of content that helps you get there. Uh, you can also email us. I mean, I'm at Aki at marketmuse.com or you can email our sales team or, or, or our, you know, info ad or, or fill out a, you know, you can even try our product out with the free version and just kind of take it for a test drive. Uh, so there's that. Um, we also have a Slack community we launched two months ago and it's been, we have over 700 members in there. It's called the content strategy collective. So that's another, uh, you know, way to, to kind of engage. But so for content marketing, those, those are all really good resources um, for product. It, you know, it's really, uh, it, it's a product led growth. PLG is a big deal. Now um, my old uh, alma mater, I, I guess I could say open V venture partners publishes a lot on PLG. It's kind of their, their stick uh, these last couple of years. And, and for good reason, if you can put a product out there, you know, it, 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 it makes a big difference with your, the efficiencies of, of everything downstream from that. So, so that's a good place. Uh, there are a lot of product led uh, growth kind of groups. Um, it's hard for me to, to recommend one because I just try to, I try to just see, you know, there's, there's, there's always new ones, but yeah, I think open views newsletter is probably one of the, you know, best reads on this. Uh, first round capital also has a, a really good newsletter, uh, not so much on PLG, but more on kind of general startup stuff. Uh, so, you know, so, so those are all good. Um, you know, pricing wise, I, um, I'll price intelligently has really good content. They're a Boston company. Um, they've written really good guides. Uh, HubSpot has written a lot of stuff on marketing. Um, you know, those are some pretty good, uh, good places. Uh, but you know, it's, 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 it's also, I mean, you, I mean, pr presumably if you, uh, whatever space you're in, you can also, you know, just, I mean, you can Google around or you can actually analyze the space that you're in, in market news and see who's written the best content and just kind of find it through there. So that, that could be another way that you could find, you know, some good, good informative stuff. Yeah, some serious resources right there. And I love the idea of dog fooding the product and using it in that way as well. Awesome. That's fantastic. Thank you for providing those. I'll link to those resources. And then last question for you is who should reach out to you and how can they get in touch? Yeah, easiest would be um, either email me or LinkedIn me, Aki Balog, uh, or aki at marketmuse.com. Um, you know, I get a lot of emails. So basically, you know, to be... Uh, to simplify it, I try to just focus on, I prioritize the folks who have written something like specific, like, hey, you know, I have this issue, or I have this problem, or I'd love your advice on ABC, or just love your advice seems like kind of, you know, uh, you know, grandiose, but, uh, you know, what do you think about this site? How can I, what could I be doing better? Uh, anything, any kind of, if you send me those problems, I'm probably most more efficient at, 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 at that. Um, and just 
I happen to be more, I just, I'm just better on email and, you know, than, than, than in conversation. Maybe that's why I, you know, got into content. Um, but those are always welcome. You know, I do try to help. Sometimes I miss stuff and, and then it takes a while to resurface it, but I do try to help startups. I mean, one of the reasons we got in, into this market news stuff is because uh, we want to help, you know, startups and small businesses and entrepreneurs that are looking to just gain mind share. And, and, and you have to put in the work, of course, like with everything, but this is actually still organic search. SEO is still a really good channel to do that if you don't have a national brand. Because if you do have a national brand, you buy TV ads or ads on Amazon or whatever. But if you don't have a national brand, you know, you can, you know, you can make a big dent with content. It does take some time, but it, it's a really effective method and it's, and it's cost efficient too. Could not have said it better myself. Totally agree. Content game is one always worth investing in, like you said, especially if you're a smaller brand. And Market Muse would be a great way to make a lot of traction. So I would highly recommend uh, everybody go check them out, see what you can do, see what you can, uh, what you can use their product for to kind of level up your content game. So thank you, Aki, for being here. I appreciate it very much and sharing your uh, incredible knowledge and expertise with both myself and our audience. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Very welcome. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Product Launch Podcast powered by Next Step. If you or anyone you know is involved in scaling a B2B SaaS business, please have them reach out to me about becoming a potential guest on our show. They can email me at sean at nextstep.io. That's S-E-A-N at N-X-T-S-T-E-P.io. This time, we'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsor of our show, Next Step Consulting. Would you like to know what the right next steps are for your B2B SaaS business? Are you trying to grow and scale, but you're stuck? We can help. To find out how Next Step can help your B2B SaaS business achieve its goals, please email me, sean at nextstep.io. That's S-E-A-N at N-X-T-S-T-E-P.io. Thanks and keep disrupting. Hey folks, Sean here, and thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you got a ton of value out of it. If you did, I'd encourage you to also sign up for my free five-day email course about launching a profitable B2B SaaS application for less than $750. If you'd like to sign up for that course, you can do so at nextstep.io forward slash B2B SaaS.